Hey everybody, coming to you here on Memorial Day. You know, Memorial Day is not really for the living. Memorial Day is for the the, the people, the, the people, the servicemen and women who never made it back, who perished fighting. Uh, you know, it, it. You know, Abraham Lincoln. You know, really had some some poignant letters that he wrote home to some others, to some people that had paid the ultimate sacrifice. Well, a lot, some of you know this, some of you don't. It doesn't really matter. My dad, uh, he was a combat infantryman in World War II. Uh, he was a young kid, 19 years old. He went into the line the 10th day of January, 1945, southeast of Bastogne. Um, walked across the entire country of Luxembourg, and then they were trucked north um, they were they were next to the British and Canadian Army in the north. Uh, basically, when they closed the bulge, the 35th Division, the outfit that he was in, ended up, quote-unquote, with no place to be. So they ended up uh, uh, liberating Venlo, Holland, and then turn around after after that. They, they jumped across the Ruhr River. They jumped across the Rhine River. They ended up on the Elbe River, and the 35th Division was in a bend in the river, and they were like the closest outfit to Berlin. They were only 47 miles away, but they never went across the Elbe River. Well, uh, there was a staff sergeant by the name of Robert Landrum, uh, who Dad uh, had a lot of respect for, and uh, he was a guy that had every morning he he had a little prayer meeting that they were in the line or they were in combat. Every morning they had, you know, he, he read a couple verses out of the Bible or they said a prayer or whatever. But he also had these two prayers that he had found, he said, in a prayer book that was put out by the Salvation Army, and he took it overseas with him. And... Uh, the, the, each time they jumped off, uh, they joined him, the whole squad, uh, in, in, in these prayers. Um, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, I know a couple of Dad's Army buddies that got wounded one time, and they said it was because something happened and they missed Landrum's um, prayer uh, in the morning, and that they were convinced the reason they, they got hit was the reason they missed that prayer. And so I'm, I'm just going to read these two. Um, before a battle of danger, Almighty God, as I prepare myself for the great task before me, I call on thee to help me and defend me. I love thee, for thou art all goodness. I am sorry for all my sins, and I beg thee to forgive me. I am nothing without these, but with thee I can do all things. Make me strong and brave to meet whatever comes, and may I do my duty to the full. Bless my loved ones at home and my comrades in service. Keep my faith in thee bright and clear. Help me to accept the outcome of this day as thy gracious will for me and in all things to know thy love and care for me. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. And then, then they had an after battle, an after battle of danger. Um, and it goes like this, Almighty God, I thank thee that in thy mercy thou hast saved me from great dangers. Make me to know that thou hast dealt thus with me, not because of my own worthiness, but in order that I may give myself in further service to thee and my fellows here on earth. 
Grant me more opportunities to do thy will and to grow in thy love. Amen. Um, yeah, that, 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 you know, there's a whole lot of us that have never been in combat. I know my dad always, always said that he belonged to an elite fraternity uh, of combat infantrymen. And I know, and, and this will upset some, some officers, it'll upset some people, but basically, if, uh, if you didn't have a combat infantry badge, he didn't, he didn't listen too much to that officer. He was pretty much looking for officers that had been in combat, and he said, those, those, those guys knew what they were talking about. Uh, they, they knew the real deal, and if you'd never been in combat, you, you really, you know, don't know. Um, and I can I can share with you a couple things. Uh, he he said his biggest thrill of the whole time he was overseas was the sight of the Statue of Liberty when he came back. Um, his closest calls uh, was machine guns at Weiss Wampak, Luxembourg, tank fire just across the Rhine River, and a mortar shell on the Ruhr. This mortar just about got him. Now Weiss Wampak, Luxembourg. Uh, that was the 26th day of January, 1945. And what uh, Co- Company C, 134th Infantry, 35th Division, Dad's outfit. He was in the third platoon of Company C. Uh, they they made this. Well, I think this was the last time in my dad's life he was ever unprepared. I mean, if we went to go change a tire on something, we threw every jack block tire wrench, tool, whatever you think you could have. You know, he always said he'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. Or know how to and not have to than have to and not know how to. But what, what happened to him this, this, this well, it was the 24th, 25th, 26th day of uh, January 1945. The Krauts let 6th Armored drive through Wampak because they couldn't stop tanks. They didn't have anything to stop tanks. But, of course, the infantry guys falling up behind, and, and, and basically 6th Armored radio back said, hey, looks like town's secure, looks like there was nobody there. We drove right through it, and they walked into it. And um, they took 38 casualties, and, you know, company had about 100 men in it. And most of the times overseas, you never quite were always flush or full of, of everybody that should be in a company. And they basically, in a couple hours there, took most of those 38 casualties. Uh, I think it was 11 KIA. That's killed in action. And we swamp pack. Um, I, I know Dad, uh, uh, Rex Bowers, was shot on a street corner right there. Um, it was it was it was a tough deal, and, and Weiss Wampak, he always he he those those machine guns and Weiss Wampak bothered him. Um, the saddest moment, uh, Bob Landrum, the guy that I was talking about, the the staff sergeant who had these prayers, his uh, brother was also overseas, and his brother got killed. And Dad said the the when Bob Landrum found out about his brother's death. Um, he said that was a pretty sad moment. And, of course, you could tell all these guys liked their staff sergeant. And then Dad had a good friend by the name of Henry Hine, and he was killed up on the Elbe River. Basically, the war was over by then. 
and and he 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 disappeared and something happened there and uh it always bothered dad that the thing was you know it was damn thing was damn near over and um he didn't get to come home um uh, he's <coughs> you know uh he he can talk about a lot of other things i mean you know he, he um um, he talked about, and dad wrote a book about this stuff and he could remember, he couldn't tell you exact day what it is, but he could remember it in chronological order. As we came to a corner house, Baker, Gardner, and Kelso entered and began to search it. Run German ran up out of the basement and wrenched Baker's rifle away from him. They battled for possession of the weapon, but Gardner settled the argument with a well-placed shot that ended the Kraut's career. Um, you know, uh, you know, and, and here's another one. Uh, Landrum said to me, did you see him? I stole a look up the street and noticed an open window in the second story in a house in the Bend Street. Uh, th- this was a, um, they, they, a German sniper was shooting at him. And, and the old man, he started out as a runner radio man, and, and there's a reason behind that that he did that. Dad could speak German. His mother uh, knew German. She came from Decatur, Illinois. Her family had worked in the rail yards over there, the railroad, and they were all German, and, and she could speak German. So when Dad was a little kid, his mother taught him German. So, and as a, as a young private, he probably got in on more stuff because, you know, there was only a couple of them that could speak German, and a lot of times the officers would ask him to interrogate these guys. Or, or talk to them or talk to the, the Kraut civilians or try to try to find out what was going on. So he kind of knew a little bit more than, than quote-unquote normal just for the simple fact he, he, he could speak German. And, uh, but he soon realized that if you were a runner or a radio man, that made you a target. And uh, they r- real, r- well, still up around Bastogne, they lost their BAR guy. And he became the BAR guy. And for you that don't know, what a, that's a Browning automatic rifle. It, it had a 10-round magazine, which today you'd put a 40-round on it. Uh, but it shot a .30-06. It, it, it was an infantry support weapon. And um, uh, I immediately shot the right side of the window. And probably if he opened up with that BAR, he... he he always dumped it off. I, he got a bronze star um, pulling a guy out of a river one time that was drowning, and plus they'd gotten trapped on the wrong side of a roadway. <clears throat> and this officer had told them to draw artillery fire. They were trying to spot where the crowd artillery was, so they went up to draw the fire to get the crowds to shoot at them. So our artillery then could shoot at the crowd artillery. But this officer told everybody to shoot all their ammo out. Well, the old man always kept two mags back. He said, always, always take three or four extra with you and always keep two back just in case. Um, but, you know, you, you spend a hundred plus days in combat, you figure that stuff out. Um, but he, number of army buddies he left over there. Um, and those guys didn't get to come home. And, and you, you look, you know, and and not taking anything away from from our military since then, and, and there was there was a lot of outfits that lost a lot of people in Nam too. But you know, just to think that you lost thirty eight out of a hundred people 
and now that wasn't all KIA, but that was that was casualties in one morning in a town. That's thirty eight percent. That's 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 something. And um, he he always tells me, and he still says that. And and Dad struggles a little bit with what he what he had for lunch, telling you what he had for lunch, but he can tell you what happened forty years ago. He said, I always wondered what those guys would have done if they'd all got a chance to come back. Well, that's what Memorial Day's for. That's that's how, you know, it, it's unfortunately come about because people cannot sometimes settle their disagreements without fighting it out. And every now and then that's got to happen, and, and it's never a good thing. But it is what it is. I, I know my wife doesn't like that when I say that, but um, it, it happens. It's happened throughout throughout eternity, and it'll probably happen again and and go on down the road. But um, for all the families that have lost somebody, for all the for all the men and women that haven't made it home, uh, Memorial Day's for you. Talk to everybody tomorrow. <laughs>